This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to go to comment here, Bobby Burrell, about, about back to the uh, empty display box. He says he's been preserving empty wax pack display boxes for 25 years. He says, you have, talking about me, some of the gum ones makes them display so much better. I have three Bobby Burrell preserved gum boxes from the 50s and 60s sitting right there. I'll show you guys sometime. I've shown them before, but they're, they are awesome. Joe Perot. Greetings from the Burbank show in Ontario, California. I know Joe is at the show. Hope you had a, a good day there today, Joe. And Mitch Grotman of Grotman Cards has joined us. Good evening, Mitch. Good to see you in the chat. I want to ask you next, Brendan, about the collecting and investing thing. You know, again, the, top, the, the title of this episode is, you know, is the sports card hobby doing a good job? And I want to ask you that question point blank too. But first, I want to know, because you travel to a lot of shows, you create a lot of content. I don't know the degree to which you consume content. So maybe start off with that. First of all, I'm curious, how much content do you consume as a fellow content creator? And then where do you fall on, you know, are you investing in cards or are you just collecting cards? How do you feel about the whole collecting investing dichotomy that exists within our hobby? Yeah, so uh, the beauty of my content is I can't really create it unless I I consume it, right? So like I'm I'm definitely consuming. Uh, I consume a lot of content. Uh, there are some weeks where I am less, uh, I guess, eager to consume content, depending on what's going on in the hobby. Um, yeah, so I definitely consume a fair bit of content personally. I have like, I just can't sit still for prolonged periods of time. So uh, it, it's, for me, it's like the easier, easier it is to digest uh, the, the more I consume of it. Uh, I do listen to, you know, a podcast, listen to yours. And, um, you know, with respect to the second half of your question in terms of like investing versus collecting, um, I... I mean, there's cards that I think are, there are absolute no brainers and those and and truthfully, the ones that are, I just keep buying more of. Um, 
because I'm like, this is it's still cheap or it gets cheaper or whatever the case may be. Uh, and those things, I'm like, I make jokes. I mean, one specific card in general, I'm like, either I go or he goes. So like either the player dies or I die. Like it's, I don't know. That thing's not leaving. Um, so yeah, I think I, I do mess around a lot with like ultra modern, specifically hockey. And I treat it like fantasy hockey. I love it actually, because it's an opportunity for me to watch a guy get drafted. And specifically with hockey, you watch a guy get drafted and probably three years later, he finally makes the NHL in most cases. I'm not talking about like, top five picks because those are like no-brainers right those are the guys that come out the gate and like those are the guys that you don't buy <laughs> like you know right. if, like right. those are the guys i don't touch for two years right and ironically enough is like if i buy a guy who let's say got drafted in 2019 and now it's like 2024 and he made the debut and he's like 23 years old and he's like finally playing well but i bought him and you know when his first card came out in 2020 or 2021 and i'm like marinating on that and then the guy who got drafted this year, whose stuff came out and it was super hot or not this year, but like two years ago, for instance, it came out super hot and now it's on the decline. I'm like, I can actually sell the stuff that I bought early that, you know, I'm not entirely invested in this guy, but I do think that it was a buy because I, I saw a potential that probably the rest of the market didn't see. I can like use those profits to buy the guy that I actually kind of wanted to buy at, in the first place and at, at, a, at a better price. Right. So like, it's actually, I have a lot of fun with that. It's a great way for me to like recycle, um, you know, the funds that are in the sports card space for me, right? Uh, without having to add a ton. I think that's really important for me. Um, you know, not having to put too much into this where like it's like financially taxing. I mean, there's still times where like I'll pop off and I'm like, ooh, you know, like, okay, I need to take it easy a little bit. I need to sell something. And I'm sure most people do have that. But I play the ultra modern game where like I'll buy someone for, like I said, like two years, three years in advance and I'll sit on it and I'll do that with several players and then I'll sell those and buy the guys that are, that everyone was talking about or like that are got injured. Right. Like I love buying injured guys <laughs> um, because like, yeah. I mean, chances are people just forgot about them. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's always the flavor of the month. And if you remember that you can kind of like buy what you like in terms of ultra modern stuff or the guys that you think actually will make an impact and just play the market that way. So, so yeah, you, I mean, that's kind of my stance on investing versus collecting my own personal stance. So you, you're, you're collecting, but you will capitalize on an opportunity. If you yep. see one, maybe you see a guy, you think, Oh, he's cheap now, or he just got injured. Great time to buy. He'll probably come back. Um, if you were looking to invest, uh, invest in a guy like Gabriel Landeskog doesn't seem to ever want to come back and play. He still has the captain C for the avalanche. It's yeah. kind of funny, but there are cases where that, that will, work. I wonder if that would have worked with Connor Bedard this year. He just came back last night after a, a bit of an injury, but he was too flavor of the monthy to even yeah. not to have, you got to wait any, like three years. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. You got, you got to wait till he gets hurt for six months to, uh, to buy his cards at this point, I would think for sure. All right, uh, Dylan Randucci says, have a good long weekend, you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, Foul Five Ball is late, just left the Burbank Show. So we're getting people joining us from the Burbank Show. Bob Boozle says, flavor of the month. I'll stick with bread and water. Bob Boozle, we got to break you from prison, my man, if that's all you're getting is bread and water. All right, Brendan, you know, I I'm just going to, I'm just going to, 
I'm going to put the question out there. It's the title of this episode, and we're just going to freestyle and see where it takes you. Do you think the sports card hobby is doing a good job? I think the sports card hobby is doing a better job than it probably ever has. As I mean, and but this is me speaking as someone who wasn't in, in before 2020. And I think that that's also kind of indicative of like how the sports card hobby operated. You know, like I don't think we, they did a great job before of pulling people in. Um, and I think that we're doing a really good job now of bringing eyeballs to it. I think we can do a much better job of keeping people here. And uh, I think that a lot of that has to do with the support systems that are in place and encouraging other people to share in a space where uh, they can be open and honest and they can, they don't, they're not going to get torn down. Um, I think that's like very crucial. I think that, you know, people should be creating content, whether creating content means like uh, still images or, um, whether that's like showcasing like videos of your PC or a pack opening or whatever, like gets you excited to be in this hobby and to communicate with other people. And there's definitely more of those people that have ever existed. Uh, but I just think that we can do a better job of supporting those people. Supporting. Yeah. And let me clarify when I, when I use the term is the, the sports card hobby. So what, Jeremy, what do you mean? Is the sports card hobby doing the hobby can't do a good job? The hobby is this abstract thing. It's not any individual people. But actually, the way I'm thinking of when I ask the question is I'm not talking about the industry that the hobby resides. I'm not talking about the companies that are, you know, that are within the industry that it that also contains our hobby. I mean the hobbyists, our hobbyists, and I think you answered it that way. Our hobbyists doing a good job. And then you ended by talking about. There could be, I think you said, a bit more support happening. Uh, speak a bit more about that thought. Yeah, I, I'd love to, actually. I just think that there's a lot of instances where there's a bit of, like, gatekeeping going on of, like, information. Or, like I mentioned previously, where there's there's not the proper channels in place in order for new people or people who have been here for, you know, not as long as perhaps you or many other people who have been on this channel. Um and so it's almost that that is held against people who who have just started or whatever the case may be, and it's it's actually quite discouraging. Like I'm not saying this like I'm we're good, you know. We I've talked about this already. Like I don't care. I got thick skin. You say whatever you want to me, and that's cool. But I mean, the average person, if they wanted to share a hit, let's say it was just a I don't know, like a Mike Trout base card. They don't really know. Let's say someone. Open a pack of baseball cards for the first time. Posted a Mike Trout base card. I mean, I just don't know how many people would uh, just be like, "That's a that's a shitty base card," or do you know, like it's and it, it happens a lot. I see it happen a lot on so many different like channels, and and I feel terrible sometimes where I'm like, or like, oh, that's not even a hit. That's ten dollars, or so I, I just think that we can be a lot better. It's not all dollar value. It's not. It's not about who knows the most and because you don't know enough, you can't speak like it's it, it can be way more encouraging than, than what we're doing right now. And, and I think if that happens, uh, you know, you the retention and you, you keep people in the hobby for long enough for them to really find out 
and maybe explore new niches. And I think that's when you really start to fall in love in this space, right? I'm not saying you have to be tied to one specific hockey cards or, I mean, I mentioned this to you previously, but like not on the actual channel, but, you know, recently I had the pleasure of picking up a, a ticket stub from uh, our boy Dave at the Sign and Slab. And it's a uh, Austin Matthews auto uh, rookie debut. And it just, it hit a spot for me where, you know, and, and I've been, like I said, full, like full time in this hobby for the last four or five years. And, and only now, because I've been in this space and consuming content and, and talking to so many different people and, you know, fortunately had encouragement and all this stuff, did I find this new sect where I'm like, man, I really kind of love this thing. You know, like, I don't care how big this thing is. In fact, like I want to display that. I want to display it because it's so displayable, you know, like, and so that took four or five years for me to find this thing. Right. And to hold one and to be like, wow, this actually feels super special to have this thing. And so I just don't know how many people were losing by just not being encouraging early on and to allow them to have a voice and to communicate with other people and find, find their niche and, and their own little community. So that's I how I think the hobby could be better. Yeah. I think what, yeah, what, what I heard you say there, a couple of things, obviously, but you know, you can, you can go on social media, share your hobby experience, maybe share a card that you love and then people are going to poop on you and you might say, well, you know, forget this. I, I'm out. I, I don't, what, what do I, what do I need to expose myself to that sort of, uh, that sort of treatment? Yet if, if we're more supportive, they may, those people may continue to search out and find out what lane they really enjoy being in and maybe become, you know, hopefully we're not, you know, we're not precluding too many people from becoming hobbyists. And when I say we, I just mean the greater hobby. Uh, and, and, you know, even you go on Instagram, Facebook, and, you know, I love these Facebook posts. People do it a lot where they're looking for cards. So they'll show some of their best cards from that product. And they'll say, hey, you know, pictures are just for it, not, not available just for attention, but you're showing some big cards and maybe you're on Instagram and all you're seeing are big cards everywhere. And then someone who just got in, is like, well, I just opened up this one pack. I got, I got a, an insert that sells for $3 and 50 cents and a bunch of base cards that you can't even sell for the shipping. And maybe there's that feeling of inadequacy and we can lose some of them and they haven't found their lane yet. They haven't become, com become comfortable with spending more money on cards. So that's where they're at at the moment. And I think I, I agree with you. I think it's important that we are supporting all new entrants into the hobby because we know how much fun and enjoyment we can get for it. Maybe they can too. And it will enhance their lives. If the hobby is not enhancing your life, get out of it. We're not going to, you know, we don't want you here if you're, if you're miserable. There's a lot of miserable hobbyists. We see them all the time on social media. Why put, why are you guys putting yourself through that? Why are you, why are you still here if you hate it so much? And to those people, I say, go get yourself some help. If that help means just stopping the hobby, stop it. We don't, we don't need you that bad, but you have to be miserable all the time. Let's instead focus on supporting people who want to be here. I think that's kind of where, where my head, but I want to touch on base cards. We had a couple of chat comments in the chat. Hold your thought right there for a moment. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. 
They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Uh, first of all, Ziggy No says, tear each other down. There's too much, too much envy. Uh, we tear each other down too much. Envy is strong. It's definitely true. Bob Boozle says, base cards are cool, social media fools. <laughs> I mean... He's not wrong. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. right? Yeah. If you love a base card, love that base card. Base cards have been dragged through the mud in the past few years. I think it happened because there were thousands of them being sent to PSA for grading at the beginning of the pandemic when they had that big backlog. And base cards have become kind of the you know they've taken the brunt of the of the hobby's frustration. Mark Santucci says, as long as there are card shows, affordable prices, card stores, both dealers and collectors making money and the hobby is working out fine. Yeah, that covers off a lot of the a, a lot of the components of the hobby right there. Fowl Fiball says, why post your cards in the first place? It's only showing off anyway. I think that's, I, I, I don't think it's only showing off. I think it's also finding commonality with other people. I did this thing, you probably saw this, Brendan, about a month ago, like card bros. Like I yeah. see someone, the card where i own the same like we're card bros we own the same card like that's cool it's kind of like like you know back back in in your early 20s it's like oh you were dating jennifer lawson so was i hey (laughs) we have something in common you know it's like there there's it's it's not i don't think it's only showing off i think there's an aspect of flexing but it's also being proud like i'll show off a you know, if I'm working on a set, I'll show my progress on that set. Like here's 45 cards. I'm looking for more. And here's the ones I have so far. I kind of spoke to that earlier when, you know, uh, people do that on Facebook, but it's like, it's, I'm not disguising it as I'm looking for more cards. Here's my hundred K worth of stuff. It's like, here's my thousand dollars worth of cards. I'm looking for more, but I love this hobby. I love collecting this set. This is a lifelong pursuit of mine. So I, I get there's nuance there, and uh, I hope that was clear. I'm not sure if it was that clear to me even, but um, okay, keep it on going. Keep it on going here. Uh, Bob Boozle says, if my wife can show off her feet online, then I can show off my cards. I don't. I, I have no issue with that, Bob Boozle. Phil Daw says, you can start buying Tage Thompson cards again. I just picked up tons of them for cheap. Triple V says, dang, Jay Lee. New card room looks awesome. Congrats on the new spot, by the way. Thank you, Triple V. Really appreciate that. Phil Daw says, I don't see any Solani on the wall anymore. What happened? Solani is in here. He's in this showcase right here. And I've got, I'm looking over here, you guys, at this like bookcase, a built-in bookcase on my wall. There, it's It goes nine high, nine shelves high, three wide. And I have a whole, one One is dedicated to Timo Solani right there. Right beside it are the uh, the unopened gum boxes that I got from Bobby Burrell. I'll show those to you guys soon enough. Soon enough. Fowl Fieball says base cards are the only true rookie cards. Parallels are not. Ah, you know, tomato, tomato, I guess. It depends how, how you want to look at that. But I guess technically that is probably true. Ziggy No says accomplishment. I, I don't know what that was in relation to. Stuke says, uh, besides what Jeremy said, I post cards to show people there are alternative cards to collect. Hopefully it's educational. Great, great reason to share. Because here's another thing, Brendan, and I, I want to get your thoughts on this. When I post a card or a or or a gang scan of cards on Instagram, I'm going to tell a story beneath. I'm not going to put the cards and and say what it is. I, lots of people just put the card, say what it is, and that's the end of their post. I'm like, 
that means nothing. Like, why do you like the card? Tell me something about why that card's important to you. Otherwise, are you just advertised? Like, that's a, that's just flexing, in my opinion. I don't I don't often double tap those ones because there's nothing to double tap. I can I can see that on any online marketplace or Google Images. Uh, what about you? And listen, I'm not I'm not trying to discourage people from posting. If that if you don't have anything to say, fine. But I prefer those posts that have that tell a story. What about you? I love it. And I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have even found this card over here if it wasn't for something like that. So like this is a Pacific, uh, it was a 2001 heads up Kovalchuk. And this was a raw card. And the only reason why I even found this card is because someone had posted the 2001 heads up Pavel Datsuk on their story. And I was like, what card is that? You know, I was like, what, what card is that? And so I think I screenshotted the story. And I went on a, 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 like a deep dive trying to figure out what the set was. And, you know, fast forward, and I probably own, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 cards from the set because I just love the look of these cards. And every time I'm at a, a card show, especially like uh, like a smaller one, I'll go through the dollar boxes. And if they've got like 90s and early 2000s stuff, like I am on the hunt for like these Pacific cards and not specific, but Pacific. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like I wouldn't have even known this existed if someone didn't post them, right? So I think that if you post, I, you're giving someone else the opportunity to see that something else is out there. And given the fact that we've got a hundred plus years of sports cards, like at our disposal, it's very hard to know every set of every player of every sport, you know, of, of every photograph. So by posting that. I mean, you're giving someone else the opportunity to also fall in love with that card. A hundred, hundred percent agree with that. We had a comment that came in here. Uh, I got to find it because I thought it was just, it really hit the spot. Um, and I'm not finding it really quick, unfortunately. Oh, so I'm just going to get to it more naturally. First of all, Mookie Chilson says the Venn diagram of healthy self-expression and straight up flexing overlap. It's all good. But yeah, sounds good to me. Uh, Ziggy knows says Eskimo brothers fishing from the same hole. Phil Daw says for modern hockey, all rookie year cards are rookie cards for vintage. It is different. And that wouldn't just be hockey. That would be, I think that approach you'd have to take with all sports, but I'm, you will get pushback on that. Uh, oh, here, Al G says, when you show your cards, you are celebrating a player, a set, a series, etc. I would rather see cards online, even if unattainable, than have them hidden in a box. Right on. The other benefit to posting cards from your collection is that you might be missing one or two and someone's going to see them and say, oh, hey, I saw you posted those 86 flares. Do you have this guy? Because I have it. And sometimes they, they might just send it to you because maybe it's a base card not worth anything or they'll offer it to you and you can pay their price and acquire the card. That's happened to me a ton of times where I've shown a card and now people reach out to me and say, hey, do you have this one yet? Might not even be theirs. They're just giving me a reference which i think is is amazing a huge benefit to showing cards that you have uh on your social media mookie chilson says i learned so much from my pal stuke he's a great asset and resource with an amazing collection he's talking about stuke's baseball cards and curiosities right there guys check out his youtube channel and throw a subscription over to mookie chilson's pal stuke's Louie has joined the show. What's going on, Louie? Good to have you. Thanks for being here with us tonight. 
All right. Uh, Bobby Burrell says, if there were only an app for vintage hockey, there is. It's called Needham, N-E-E-E-D-U-M, I believe. I'm going to show you guys what this app looks like. And uh, right there, right there, though, right there, right in between my fingers the, with the, the, the yellow and orange triangles. It's called Needham, two E's and two U's. Phil Daw says, the entire point of collecting sports memorabilia is to display it. It's like buying a sports car and throwing a tarp over it. Well said, Phil Daw. Well said. I, I definitely agree with that for sure. All right. We were talking about is the hobby doing a good job? And we talked about, you know, we could support each other a little bit more. I think a lot of people are doing a great job of supporting others. I get a ton of support via my social media accounts, people DMing liking posts, commenting, all that. It's it's a, it's very nice to get support. And I think we could, like you said, Brendan, we could be doing a better job providing more support, the hobby providing more support to each other. What about what about collectors? And do you find that we are that we and by we again, I don't like I said, I'm, I'm not talking about the industry. I'm talking about the hobbyists. And I don't even know which sector am I talking about? Content creators, collectors, investors, flippers, shop owners. I think I'm just talking about like everybody. But are we doing an, a good enough job at spotlighting the benefits of collecting and specific collectors themselves? No, I don't think so. And that kind of go, ties into the support aspect, right? Where I think that there's a lot of people who have unbelievable PCs. I mean, one of the things that I love featuring is people who set collect because I love set collecting, but, and specifically when people end up putting together either nameplates or they put together like uh, those massive logos. Like I, I featured a, an Islanders one, not very long ago on my channel. Another one was like uh, a, a giant NASCAR patch. So it consisted of, I think 20 cards and it ended up building out the McDonald's patch. I love those things, um, especially if someone's like missing a card. I love trying to get them that card. So like I'll make a video about it and try to get, you know, someone to reach out. And I mean, oftentimes people in the comment section are like, oh, you just increased the price of that card. And I'm like, if I saw that someone needed that card, I, I, I you know, and I, that's all they needed, I'd make sure I gave it to them for like a fair price, if not just gave it to them. Right. So I think that we can all do a great, a better job of like showcasing player PCs and, and again, cool cards, sharing them to your story, um, set collecting, same thing. If someone, if you know someone that's looking for a specific card or they've posted about it, like, I mean, put that out into the universe, right? Because that's how social media works. That machine, the more times you share something like that, the more times like it'll get shown to people, right? People, yeah. the, the, Insta the Instagram and the Twitter and the whatever, will tell people like, Hey, like you should see this because people keep posting it. Right. And, and so, I mean, you're furthering co the collecting in general by doing something like that. Um, the algorithms. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, th I think you're right. You know, there are, a, there are lots of YouTubers out there that are, that are really just focused on their collections. There are lots of, there are lots of channels out there that are really focused on their friends who are showing their, and I'd actually direct people, if you're looking for more collector content where it's really like people showing their mail days or showing their personal collections or, you know, a, a portion, maybe they'll go through a few 
different areas of their PC, every episode that they're doing. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shout out anyone specific, but what I will shout out is uh, this. There's this YouTube Hall of Fame that that has, was started a grassroots thing here within our space on YouTube. And most, I believe, most of the uh, most of the the Hall of Famers, YouTube sports card Hall of Famers, are that it's that kind of content. It's it's not it's not these interview shows like what I do or what you do. It's mostly people who've been doing and showing their mail days for like ten years or so already. Not all of them because it's a new thing. But that's that's a good. I would go to the. I don't know if it's called the Sports Card YouTube Hall of Fame, but you guys can Google it or YouTube search it, and you'll find it. And then you can go to the website and see all these all these YouTube Hall of Famers, and you can then check out their channels and support those collectors whether they're hall of famers or not that doesn't really matter that that's just this thing that this crew came up with but it's still a good list of collector type content so i want to i want to support that by shouting that out and letting people know that they can go find some of that over there i want to do some more comments but i also wanted to ask you we're talking about supporting there are there is the the opposite of supporting which i don't know what that word discouraging maybe there's plenty yeah. of yeah there's a lot of that kind of content out there as well when i ask you the question you know what what turns you off in the content space is it discouraging content is it other i'll, I'll open it up but i I'll, I'll lead with that what turns me off in the content space um i mean i guess the fact that the the algorithm is designed to pump like negative content right like that's literally how most of the stuff that comes across our feed will be stuff that people have interacted with. And most of the time, those things that have been interacted with, they've been interacted with because people are outraged and because happy people don't necessarily uh, comment. You know, people who are, are they just enjoyed that. They don't go out of their way to comment being like, I really enjoyed this. But if someone vehemently disagrees with you, they will comment. Right. And so naturally, that kind of content gets pushed and. Um, I think as a result of that, like that's that's the kind of content that you'll you're gonna see uh, subconsciously, unless you're actively seeking out like opposing content. Uh, another thing I'll, I'll mention is like if you consistently interact with negative content, don't be surprised that negative content comes across your feed because that's you're kind of telling the algorithm like this is the stuff that I want to keep seeing because I keep engaging with it, right? So uh, I think that kind of specifying or like really catering your feed to like what you want is a great way to to really enhance your hobby experience yeah click click on things that you want to see more of not that you want to see less of but it's sometimes it's it's uh tempting to click on uh those those loud you know alluring type of uh thumbnails and and headlines and all that you know uh, phil daw says grifting cells i think that might be uh you know accurate right yeah. there uh laura says in beckett monthly magazines there were often stories related to unique cards for example wrong named players and that was a personal accomplishment when you were able to find that card yeah for sure uh fellow fiveball says i do see your point on rare stuff it's educational yeah again if you're gonna post your cards on social media please tell a story I, I want to I want to read the story. I want to know why you love that card. Why did it make it into your collection? If I know already know you're a Jerome McGinley collector, like our friend Al G in the comments, 
I, you know, I don't need as long of a story because I know it fits in, but that's just me who happens to know Al. Not everybody knows Al. So tell the story. People want to, people want to know. Sports Card Stallion's a shout out to two Canadian hobby legends. That's that's lofty praise there, Sports Card Stallion. No, I'm not talking about Wayne Gretzky and Steve Eisman. I'm talking about Jay Lee and Coach Go. Thank you, Sports Card Stallion. Phil Daw says, I think an important thing that needs to be more explained is that auction ending sales are not comps in a dealer slash show retail eBay buy it now setting auction sales have limited exposure and time astute no it's an astute comment here's why because not everybody is available to bid on every card you know how many times I forgot to bid on a card or the card is ending when I'm on an airplane and I don't bid I bid at the end that's just the way I've done it for 20 years 25 years now if we're talking about eBay I come in at the end and bid if it's a PWCC sale and I'm on a plane I'm out of luck. You know, you're not going to get to you're not going to get to buy that card or bid on it. So I do agree. However, it's kind of the most liquid market we have. And it's where what we rely on. What do, what do you think, Brandon? Well, what if someone puts a, a bin that's too low? Let's say it's a card that like no one's seen in a while and they happen to put it at like buy it now. And like the first person, I mean, tons of people have this in saved search. And the first person who sees it, it's like, that's way too damn low. I'm buying this right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So like. And then the other 200 people that wanted access to it didn't get access to it either, right? So, like, I, there's no perfect way to buy and sell. So, I, I mean, I think that the system is, like, it's a free market. And I think that when it, something gets a, becomes available, if it sits for a long time, that probably speaks volumes to what that price is, right? Um, and, like, it, there's no such thing as a perfect world where everyone who wants access to that card is going to have exposure to that card. Right. So exactly. you gotta, there's, like a vari there's like a variance. I don't know. Yeah. No, what you just made a great comment there. That that comment was excellent because it, it you know, if Mitch Grotman is still watching from Grotman Cards, a card came up on, on eBay about maybe a month ago and he was the first to see it and he snapped it up. It happened. It happened to be a 2005 Upper Deck the Cup Zygmunt Paul Feet Limited Logos. A beautiful, beautiful copy. I think it was 0506. And he snapped it up for like like a 20% of what a weaker version of that card would sell for now is the car is the price he paid the new comp on that card well it's the only one that people are going to see in the last 12 months let's say so that becomes a comp but i would have paid triple for that card if i saw it first so it's it's you know not all comps are created equal Phil goes on to say, I see people using auction and sales comps in shows during live stream and make their offers based on that, which is not how it works. This is how you grow the value of sports cardboard. Again, I think this the last part is exactly right. If all we did was pay comps, prices would never, ever change. They would be the yeah. same forever. So if you're only someone, if you're only willing to pay the last comp or whatever percent of that, whether it's 80% or 110% of it, um, if you're only willing to pay that comp, you are not advancing the hobby and you're just a slave to what other people think, really. Professor says, apparently Tops or Fanatics is advancing a hobby hall of fame. What do you think? I'm going to reserve my thoughts on that until I see who they put in it. If it doesn't start with the likes of Jefferson Burdick and Dr. Beckett and Cy Berger and even like a Richard McWilliam, uh, a Ludd Denny, even a Brian Gray, people who have really like, planted their flag in this hobby if it doesn't start with them and it starts with some of the more prominent social media celebrities influencers then i'm gonna think it's a joke if it's 
if they do it right, I think it'll be an amazing, it could be really awesome for sure. Are you, have you seen this coach? Co? And what do you think? Yeah. I briefly came across my desk. I, I, yeah, I think, um, I really hope that they didn't use the voting system that it sounded like they were using. Um, I don't think it was like conveyed to enough people truthfully. And I think that the people that it should have been conveyed to, or like the vast majority of people, uh, you know, that would have voted in the direction that you were saying with, with the, some of the pioneers of this hobby. I don't think that those people had an opportunity to for like, for instance, like Jeremy, did you, did you vote for any of those people in the, in the top hobby hall of fame? I, I didn't. It was I a, didn't. So it was a voting pro. So they, they opened it up to the public. Right. So like anytime you open something up for the public, it's it, the, again, it comes back to like positive content. Doesn't, doesn't people don't, they don't do what they need to do. Right. So it's like, if people voted the way that they should have, that this this hobby hall of fame would end up exactly how it was. So I'm hoping that someone at the top is like, okay, like let's, you know, we took these votes and maybe there's a few like honorary categories for whatever, but like here are the the Mount Rushmores and then we'll build from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I don't know the process. I didn't look into it. It, it wasn't something that interested me at this point i'll be interested once i see who is elected into the hobby hall of fame and again if it if burdick and beckett are not on that inaugural list i will write it off as being just a silly exercise it has zero importance uh in my in, you know in my approach to the hobby but i hope it does i hope it's i hope they do it right i mean that'd be i think that'd be pretty cool uh for sure but time time will tell We'll see how that goes. Bob Boozle says, I think we're all going to be disappointed. <laughs> hope, hope not, but just, yeah. just don't know. I just, just don't know at all. The professor says, uh, no, sorry, that one was done. Mark Santucci says, card collections. They had to make videos for, oh, he's talking about in order to get elected into the YouTube Hall of Fame, you had to make videos for three years to be put in and one year of making videos in order just to vote. He says, Jake runs it. Um, I forget Jake's YouTube channel name, but I have seen it to hear him announce it and, and what the criteria were and how, how that thing works. So you can check out, again, you guys can check that out, but I don't know what Jake's channel is called. Mark Santucci says, do you guys watch Jake's videos all the time? Uh, no, I don't. I, I The only video of his I've ever seen was the one, uh, I think when he took over uh, the YouTube Hall of Fame, maybe I've seen one other. I, I don't know what his channel's called. I just don't remember, but seems like a great hobbyist. What about you? Brandon? I've never. No, I've never. Yeah. Skeppy says, in marketing studies, they have found certain colors draw you to a specific interest, like red, orange, and yellow promotes food. What colors draw collectors' interest in the most? Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Uh, refractor, whatever whatever color is refracting off of the, the cards? Yeah yellow gold gold yeah. right yeah yeah gold yeah. for sure <laughs> the professor says that one content creator has recently said that negative comments from another content creator has led to more followers on his channel go figure i think that i think that's true as soon as other channels other content creators start talking about other content creators it just widens the audience and more people find out and you know it's one of the one of the benefits of, colla of collaborating with other content creators is that now you're sharing audiences and you can you can have more followers and grow your audience, find more people who you who you resonate with, right? I think that's that's a good thing. And signed in slab, David says, "Nice haircuts, boys. We go to the same barber. 
Obviously. David, thank you. Thank you. I got to say, I, I had a haircut today, so I appreciate the compliment. Uh, didn't ha how did he know I got a haircut today, right? How did, how did he know? How did he know? Legends Never Die is the channel uh, for the guy who is, I guess, the commissioner of the, uh, of the YouTube Hall of Fame. Justin Handles wants to know, Coach, how are you going to be up at 4 a.m. tomorrow? It's a great question. <laughs> Just yeah. going to do it. I don't know. I mean, the, well, the alarm's set for like 4.30, so it might be a little late. Phil Daw wants to know, Brendan, what are your thoughts on Cards HQ? I find the place is way too big. They're not selling enough product. And how would you know that? How would you know they're not selling enough product if you are not, if you are not looking at their financial records? But anyways, I don't understand how that business model can be profitable. It's not – it's – it, it barely is in a small shop. Yeah, it's a big store. Uh, thoughts on Cards HQ? I wish I wish Cards HQ nothing but the most success. That's 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 my thoughts. I I wish Jeff Wilson and his and his partners the utmost success because if that if that shop is a success, which I think it will be, I think that is a good sign for the hobby. Uh, Brendan, anything to to add to this question? Yeah, I was actually there. Uh, so I was there for the soft lot the trade night in Atlanta. Um, and it is, I mean, probably the most impressive sports card shop I've ever been in. Um, I think it tailors to both adults and kids. And I think that's important. And I think that that connection between, you know, father, daughter and mother, son and mother, um, father, father, son, and so on and so forth, like is integral to continuing to kind of build the hobby forward. Uh, prices on everything seemed reasonable. I don't know what the foot traffic is going to be like on a daily basis, but like, obviously they're not doing this without having information. So I think that whatever studies they've conducted or whatever decisions led them to this place were obviously with some sort of educational background behind them, uh, especially considering uh, Jeff Wilson partnered with, you know, individuals who had previously opened a, ho a hobby shop in the past. And from what I hear is a relatively successful one. So, I mean, what I think about it is that we'll just wait and see. I mean, it's a hobby shop. It looks like the first of its kind. And uh, I'm curious to kind of see how it works instead of forecasting whether it's going to be profitable or, you know, like what they need to do in order to be successful. Like, I don't, I have no clue what, like, and chances are neither did anybody else in this comment section, right? So, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, no, I mean, Listen, what, what I like about it is that uh, they are trying something new. They are really trying to advance and evolve the sports card retail experience. I think that's awesome. If it works, that's awesome. If it doesn't work, at least they tried and they, they put their money where their mouth is. So I respect that. I think, I think, um, I think I'd like to check it out. Why not? I've, I've always wanted to check out all the card shops. Why wouldn't I want to check this one out? Um, I, I do want to check it out. Of course I do. I, because... I've never seen anything like it before. I've been to Burbank in Burbank Sports Cards in Burbank, California, several times. Great shop, really, really cool place. Great atmosphere, great selection. I'm curious to see how Cards HQ like makes you feel versus going into Burbank Sports Cards. You know, if you now if this 14,000 square foot card shop being Cards HQ in Atlanta is empty all the time it's going to be a there's going to be an empty feeling you know I'm, you're not going to go in there and get the warm fuzzies you're going to want to go in there and see there being a lot of other people and some action and laughs and just people having a good time 
you know, Atlanta, I hope is a good market for it. I don't know. Never. I don't know if I've ever been to Atlanta, maybe, maybe back in my old days of travel. But um, again, I think I want it to be successful. Simple as that. I don't care who owns it. I don't care what social media influencer in the hobby started, whether it's Jeff Wilson or someone that we've never heard of. I don't care. I want to see it be successful. I wonder how many people out there would feel that same way if it wasn't Jeff Wilson that was one of the people behind it. If it was some no-name hobbyist with 13 followers on Instagram that opened this store, what would what would people want for? I don't think they'd feel that much differently though. Maybe just with a little less vitriol. But um, but I guess we'll see. Any anything to add to that, Brendan? I think that people would still find a way to be upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. for I sure. think that it's I don't know. For sure. Ziggy No says, by the way, you are both Tops Hall of Fame worthy to me. Uh, I'm not going to speak about Brendan, but I'm certainly not Tops Hall of Fame worthy. But thanks, Ziggy. Bobby Burrell says, fanatics should not have this Hall of Fame control. Like, obviously not. Like, obviously not. And just if you're, yeah, okay, well, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> uh, we'll, see. we'll see what happens. Uh, Ziggy No says, I heard Panini tagged Panini Influencer, including Run Good Life. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that even means, Ziggy. A, a story about that. I guess Run Run Good Life. I know of a run. I think all I know about Run Good Life is that uh, there's a, a breaker called. I don't know that. That's what I know. So sorry, I don't know enough about that comment. Stuke says some people are good looking. The rest have hair. Comment of the night right there. Comment of the night right there. Coach Co like the cards HQ has Pokemon cards featured in the front of the store any strictly sports card store well they're not and most sports card stores that i know about are mostly most of their business comes from pokemon anyway <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree and i think even in the title it says uh something along the lines of you know and pokemon it, yeah yeah i saw any but pokemon which was pretty Pretty interesting right there. Uh, Professor has a question for you. Does TikTok promote breaking and selling of cards like on platforms like whatnot? Uh, I don't think so. Does, yeah, do they promote sure breaking and selling of cards? No, actually, I don't think TikTok, you're allowed to promote selling cards on there. Like, I think you can have it in the shop, but there's like a certain gambling element that like TikTok doesn't allow for. So I think you have to do, you have to know what the person is actually purchasing. And that just, it doesn't just go with like sports cards. I know that a lot of people are doing like mystery boxes and stuff like that. Like not even sports card related. Like I know that there were some prominent mystery boxes and, you know, like fill the bag with stuff. And and I think they kiboshed that really quickly because they considered it gambling. So I don't think that, uh, I, 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 that's what I think, anyway. <laughs> you're 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 on TikTok with your stuff, not necessarily shopping on TikTok yeah, for, for sports cards. Yeah. Right on. Uh, Eric Sanderson Dora says, you know, agrees with Jeremy. If Cards HQ is successful, it's good for all of us. Hope it does well. I think that's, I think that's the the hobby friendly attitude. I don't think everyone's going to share. I think a lot of people just want to see Jeff Wilson fail because that'll bring happiness to their lives. I guess I don't know. I don't know, but uh, but whatever whatever it is, um, again, I'll just reiterate. I want to see that store be a success. Signed in slab says I'm mostly upset because Coach Close, Coach Co trimmed the stash. I got to admit, I noticed that too, and I got to admit, 
I was also mostly upset because of that. Brendan, what what's up? Seriously. Uh man, you guys don't know how much maintenance it was, you know? And it, I'm happy to have my face back a little bit. Like, I mean, I still got the mustache, but it uh it was a lot of maintenance. It was like a lot of maintenance. And I was like, you know what? It's time to switch it up. Also, I found that like so many people were like, Oh, like I know you because of the mustache. And I'm like, well, that's great, but I don't want to be tied to anything, especially like a physical attribute, right? Where I'm like, there's a reason why I didn't put it in my logo. And and it's awesome that you guys have kind of got to know me and see me, you know, in most cases because of the mustache. And I still have a version of the mustache, but I, I'm not going to just like keep something because of anyone else. <laughs> you know, like if it's driving me nuts, I'm going to get rid of it. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's kind of been my philosophy the whole time, being authentically me. And uh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, David says maybe Co could be the one-eyed eyebrow collector. Just a thought. Bob Boozle, yeah, Coach Co in quotes, I am more than just a mustache. The professor yeah. says, will either of you consider buying cards online from Cards HQ? Uh, I don't really plan to. I don't, you know, I, I've heard Rob Varis from Burbank Sports Cards say many times that, you know, and show their, their feedback on, on eBay that they're like a top five across all of eBay seller. Um, I don't shop Burbank sports cards on Beckett marketplace or eBay. Really? Why would I shop cards HQ personally? Because plus I don't know how, you know, I don't know how many cards they have that I'm that I'm looking for. Would I browse it? I'd browse, browse it maybe a couple times a year just to see what's on there. But no, I'm more of a go in type of thing. I'm also not a, a customer on the live selling platforms either. So just because a card shop has them doesn't mean. Now, if I was really desperately looking for a certain card, I will check every place I need, but I've, I don't feel I've ever been desperately searching for a card in my whole hobby, you know, 40 plus years of hobbying. I don't think I'm gonna start uh, now. Piece of the game. What's going on? Welcome to the show, says Coach Co. Nice episode. Boys, and yes, I, I saw, I, I heard about Yager practicing with the Penguins. Yeah, that, that's worthy of, of the feels for sure. Um, Brendan, anything else? We're coming up. We, we got five minutes left here. It's well past your bedtime. This has oh. flown by, <laughs> by the way. Um, any Anything else on your mind you want to you talk about? Not really. I mean, I think I just want to talk a little bit more about like being supportive to other people. Um, and I'm not here to tell everyone to be nice all the time. I, it's, it's actually, it's more in the, the case of like education. Uh, I think that, and I've said this a million times and I'm going to continue to say it, that I just don't think there's enough education in this space and there's not really a place to go for education. There's a lot of educational, uh, channels and that's amazing. And people can take tidbits from, from, from everybody. Um, and so that, uh, I just want everyone to just try to encourage you know, each other to share that information with new entrants in the hobby, with people who have been in the hobby for a while. Um, I mean, you, the, way, the way that you approach it doesn't have to be in a manner in which like you, the, the other person is an idiot for not knowing some of this information, um, but just kind of treat it like a story and just be excited to, to em have someone else embrace it as much as you do. Um, yeah, I think that education is crucial. I think education when it comes to ripping packs and boxes and i there's just not enough information in the hobby in my personal opinion you know i think uh 
you have to seek it out. You know, you have to search it out. You have to be willing to sit through some two hour live streams sometimes if you want to get some nuggets out that are there. But there are so many content creators that are under, uh, they're, they're just under the radar. And they cut, why? Because they have small subscriberships. Maybe they don't go all out with their thumbnails. Maybe they're not, they're not getting the engagement. So they're not hitting other people's algorithms, but there is stuff out there. And maybe I, I think if I, you know, if I think about what you just said, if I tweak it a little bit to, to my perspective, it's that maybe, you know, some, it, some content creators who have larger audience could do the hobby a favor by seeking out, discovering some of these under the radar content creators and supporting them to get them to their audiences. Like Iowa Dave on Instagram shares every day, tells you what podcast yeah. came out. To me, he's a media partner of mine and everybody else's. If you are a, if you are a podcaster or a content creator and, and you show up on the, the daily Iowa Dave podcast list, he is your media partner. He is doing you a favor. He is helping grow your audience by sharing with his followers who is producing content on a daily basis or who, whose content is coming out every day. And that, what he does is what I'm talking about. He is the pioneer in my mind of doing that. The yep. YouTube Hobby Hall of Fame thing is similar because they are really like, you know, they're Hall of Famers on YouTube. I've never heard on that list. I like, you know, no offense. And I, I truly mean that no offense, but I haven't heard of most of them. I, I'm only familiar with maybe 10% of the people that have been elected into that YouTube hobby hall of fame. Now, not to say they're not worthy, but I haven't even heard of them. I don't know who they are. Some of them have died by now as well, you know, it, it, rest in peace. But so that is a great way to find more under the radar uh, YouTubers that are talking about the hobby and sharing their collections and sharing their knowledge on a regular basis. So I think, uh, what is he, let's see what Dan's vintage baseball, Dan, what's going on? Uh, Dan says, I don't want mega subscribers growing my audience from the current 400 in a grassroots way is consistent with my channel content and attitude. Yeah. See that's organic growth is the best. You know, that's the way I've done it. I, I'm guessing that's the way you've done it. Brendan. Yeah. I do see some accounts out there, especially on Instagram where I'm like, Whoa, that guy's got, triple the followers I do and then you start digging you see oh yeah they got 12,000 followers but 10,000 of those are bots you know like like they're they're not real in or that's not organic and it doesn't really help you anyway because yeah. you don't get the engagement uh Bob Boozle says glad the algorithm sent me here after watching a shaving video that's what you're gonna get because <laughs> yeah, that's right Carbon Chung the very first guest of Sports Cards Live has joined us. Carbon, this is the first episode in the new studio, by the way. He says, what up, SCL fan? What up, J. Lee Coach Co.? Nice trim on the stash. Late to the party. Carbon, hope you had fun at the Burbank show today. I think I saw you in a picture there. And Skeppy, Skeppy says, how do you teach someone about this hobby when it changes so fast? Is that what they need to know is how to follow the hobby, not necessarily just learn about it? Uh, the question is, how do we teach them when it changes so fast? Shouldn't we teach them how to stay up to date versus just learning about it? Like, how do you stay up to date? It's a good, it's a good comment, I think. And following guys who put out that daily content about what's going on, not me, I don't do that. Brendan does it, the sports card dad does it, um, Hobby with Cage does it, a, a weekly thing. Um, 
Dan the Cardman puts out daily videos. You know, there are people doing this, so you can you you can find it. You can find your daily stuff. Uh, but the hobby does change fast. However, I think there are some things that are that remain constant, and that's what you get from that evergreen type of content. And um, yeah, that's what I think. How about you, Brendan? Yeah, I think the fundamentals don't really change, right? Like how to how to price a card or I mean, they've changed obviously in the last 10, 15 years, but like they haven't changed in like the last little bit, right? So teaching someone how to do that, uh, you know, etiquette when it comes to like grading, for instance, or, you know, what I, I mean, yeah, I think that there's certain things that, you know, which products are generally more desirable, uh, what the general markup should be. I, there's just, there's like a few things that I think that, yes, these things fluctuate a little bit, but they're pretty consistent across the board. Yeah, there are those universal truths and that kind of thing that you can you learn about. The hobby, the ho you know, I don't know that the hobby is, the hobby is changing because we're seeing, okay, let me start over. The hobby is changing in the ultra modern world faster than anywhere else. The, ho the, pre the hobby before that isn't changing that much. So if you yeah. learn the history and like Carbon, Carbon says, find a mentor, talk to an OG, understand trends. That's not as difficult to do as keeping up with, you know, what's the latest product and what's the latest controversy with the latest product. I'm, I don't really care because I'm not buying 2024 tops baseball or whatever's coming out personally. So I'm not as interested in that. I care more about, you know, is, is all of a sudden 57 tops baseball, what everybody like, like why is the, did someone just discover the awesome photography? Like, I don't things like that. I think are more interesting for myself. Laura says, if your video is more educational than promoting yourself, count me in. Yeah. I, and that's, you know, I, and I think you're going to find a mix on some, but that's a, that's a great comment. And then sign and slab says, doesn't collecting imply history versus consuming, which is more keeping up with the change. Interesting. That's, that's deep. Brendan, that's some deep stuff right there. That's a whole episode itself. Don't you think? I do. Yeah, <laughs> of course. You yeah. Do that. That's, that's a deep comment, David. Let's have a chat about that. All right, guys, listen, we got to wrap up. It's, it's, it's like four hours past Brendan's bedtime. <laughs> He's got his alarm set for two hours from now so he can get up and go for a walk and put out an inspirational uh, reel on TikTok and Instagram. Brendan, uh, you know, Coach Co. His name, his real name is Brendan, everybody, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't picked up on that yet. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We've uh, said at the top of the show, we've had the privilege of, uh, or I've had the privilege of sitting on panels with you at the expo in particular, maybe even at the mint. And, um, it's always been fun. Always just, you know, you're just a pleasure to be around in the hobby. I'm glad you're in it. So thanks for taking the time tonight. Appreciate you having me as always, man. Even if it's, uh, you know, four hours past my bedtime, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right no, no one I'd rather be spending it with. So you're good. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, all right, guys, in the chat, thanks for being here. Get your final comments in. We're going to wrap up in about a minute here. The professor says, great new studio studio with great tall ceilings for a tall content creator and great content episode tonight. Thank you, professor. Yeah, this part of the house has, uh, we're probably looking at 12-foot uh, ceilings in here, maybe a bit higher. It's a nice little space I'm in right now. Mark Santucci's giving us five out of five stars tonight, Brendan. That's pretty sweet. Thank you to the professor for the last one. All right, guys. Reminder, tomorrow night here on the channel, myself and Josh Madigan from the Hockey Cards Gong Show will be covering the ending of the PWCC weekly hockey auction, well, their weekly auction with the hockey component, 
And Monday, Monday, MC Mondays Live is back with their showcase auction featuring only items 5,000 or more. I will be calling the action. They are a ton of fun. Sunday show, PWCC Fair Educational. Monday show, some education, a lot of action. Please join us. Carbon, yes, this is the new house we moved in on Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you, Stooks. Appreciate that. Mid-Atlantic, good to see you here. We'll get to, we'll have after hours again at some point. I appreciate that. Dan's Vintage, always looking forward to Saturday nights. Thank you, Dan. I do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Says another great guest. Nice comment for you, Brenda. Robert Scott says, great episode. Lots of positive commentary. Thanks, Robert. Welcome to the show. And Eric Stefano, good to see you there in the chat. Yankees fan, thank you very much. Grotman cards, thank you. Thank you for the for the love in the background. I appreciate that. For anyone who came in late, I'm going to give you guys a little peek at to what's uh, even higher up. So here you go. Let me just adjust the camera here so you can see I've got 20 vertical cards above me right there. They're all, you know, kind of really important, iconic cards. And then we got the four horizontals over there. And we've got two cases with cards. I have room for a third case over there and some more paintings to fill in those gaps up there. And then I've teased it, but maybe I'll show you guys this wall over here. Oh, there's the bubblegum boxes. There's the Timu Solani shelf. Got some other collectibles, old old empty tins of the cup over there. What else? Way up there, Nintendo. Uh, there you go. Lots of uh, old video games. My kids, some Star Wars stuff, a shelf full of books. Anyway, there you have it, everybody. That's the new stuff. I got to tell you, Brendan, I moved in and I, my favorite thing was putting arranging these shelves because yep. this is like the history of me right up there. It's just awesome. So uh thank you thank thank you jeremy fellow fireball yankees fan eric thanks a lot laura thank you and carvin yes old cup yes i have empty tins from 05 to about 2015 up there all right thanks everybody brendan thanks again buddy appreciate you say goodbye one more time i took a while there that's okay thank you for thanks for having me man and uh thank you all for joining and all the positivity and uh i hope that uh, we continue to make some wonderful stuff happen in the sports card space let's do it. let's keep this hobby going everybody jimmy servianto welcome and thank you so much all right guys with that i want to say have a great rest of the weekend have a great week ahead if we don't see you here tomorrow or monday on the pwcc and the mc monday show but have a great week everybody thanks for joining me here first episode out of my new home and with that, this episode of Sports Cards Live featuring Coach Co <laughs> is now over. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.